0: Despite an awesome win streak, a competitive start to the road trip, the Phoenix Suns lost a dud in Orlando on Sunday night, showing us all the things we thought they might have put behind them. On today's episode of Locked On Suns, we'll break down that loss, why those mistakes crept back up, and whether there's anything to be done about it. Let's go. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day and we're back this is locked on phoenix suns we are part of the locked on podcast network and i'm your host brendan clean a credentialed media member covering the suns for the past seven seasons a writer at suns.com and the host of the just basketball show Wherever you get your podcasts, a big thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen. Post game on a Sunday night, maybe I'm catching you a Monday morning. Wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, thank you for being here. Hit follow or subscribe wherever you're finding the show. We are free and available everywhere, including YouTube. If you hit that button, you get a new show in your feed. Every single Monday through Friday, you can become an everydayer and get locked onto the Phoenix Suns right here all season long. Brandon Duenas is joining us, as he does every Monday. He is a writer over at Bright Side of the Sun. And we are here to discuss a bad loss. Uh, one of the worst in a while. One of the only losses in a while. And it was 113 98 in Orlando to the Magic. If you do not already follow me on Twitter, do so, where you can participate in the seven words or less game take, which is how we are going to be kicking off these recap shows and mine, Brandon, today I am going to uh, steal from the audiences. Same old G, at Tony G on Twitter, who said, get back to playing engaging basketball. That's uh, that's pretty accurate, I think, watching this team score less than 100 points. But what is your seven words or less game take after this loss?
1: Yeah, for, for this one, I try to keep it exactly seven just because there's so many issues trying to combine them all into one. Uh, but for me, it's just too small, turnovers galore, and collapse in the fourth. So it's like a little haiku type type of action here. <laughs> but it's it is seven, uh, yeah. and it just kind of encapsulates everything that that you said. It's just a culmination of a lot of their weaknesses coming together in one game. And we thought we were past this with that that win streak, and uh, there's concerns we kind of highlighted even after those wins that we were still kind of in the back of our minds and and people said we were negative for that, but they sure enough, uh, those issues continue to, to manifest.
0: Well, look, you can't tell the story of this game and we will get into why they lost in this first segment here. But I think off the top, you do have to say, right. That Yusuf Nurkic did not play. I had, a bad feeling about that in this particular matchup it feels like he may just miss one game and it could not have been a worse one because orlando even though they're young even though they're inconsistent themselves they're one of the biggest teams in the league flat out and they have four centers who can kill you one of them didn't even have to play today and Gogo patadze but he had been starting so like that is this that is this team and nurk not being there was big and then beal having the mask that was very uh Haphazard. I they didn't get it. An actual form-fitted, you know, Jalen Brown in last year's playoffs, right? Perfect for his face type of thing. And so he was wearing this weird one. He missed three free throws. He was four of thirteen from the field. Bad game. You know, I'm sure they're better with him out there than not. But that's obviously those two injury situations are a big part of of how they got in this hole. But my seven words or less game take was going to be the same as yours, which is why I didn't even. Jump in there, Brandon. It was going to be just two words, and it was going to be too small. I think that this team is against certain matchups just at a real disadvantage. And again, that's why I wanted to mention Nurkic being out. They're obviously a much different team when he's out there. Eubanks is just not strong enough at 6'8", 6'9", to compete with a Mo Wagner, a Wendell Carter even, who's not that tall himself, a Jonathan Isaac... Paolo all these guys are just muscling Eubanks. But really, you know, outside of Durant, they're small at every single position. And I think you really saw that catch up to them tonight.
1: Yeah, I, I tweeted this, that they're uh, pretty much the entire James Jones era. They've had the same issues from a roster construction standpoint, and that's too small, which we've seen hurt them in the, in the, the finals, uh, in the playoffs against bigger teams. And you know, obviously tonight, it definitely hurt them and just not athletic. Like that's the other thing is like, just when you have that combination of if you're going to go small, at least have some athleticism to offset that. And this team just doesn't have either really. So uh, when you combine those two, it really limits uh, the margin for error and like how perfect your offense has to be. And uh, you know, the magic getting 20 more shots in the suns. That's another, just, you know, all the, all the turnovers, just the inconsistency on offense that, uh, when, when you're not here tonight. So I think too small is a, a great way to not only sum up tonight, but just uh, even the as much fun as this team has been over the like the recent years, it's just always kind of been the, the storyline that it hasn't changed.
0: Yeah. yeah, they made the finals with the 6-6 power forward, right? I mean, this is... And they had a center who, you know, not to throw shots at a guy who's been off the team for six months, but uh, who played small, right? We'll leave it at that. But, like, I think the... I think that's just always going to be there, and I don't necessarily think you're going to fix that miraculously at the deadline. You should try, but I am I just think that's what this team's identity is going to be until they have a full offseason to try to tinker. But which one of your other points here did you want to focus on as far as why they lost? And then I have something to throw at you that I've seen online a little bit that I do think is at least worth discussing uh, about the big three specifically. But what else did you want to hit?
1: Yeah, I think Beal, just going back to what you said, just about the the mask and just how uncomfortable he looked out there. Like, obviously, uh, I think we all kind of expected him to struggle at least a little bit, but, like, just to have this much of a, a stinker was, uh, without Nurkic, just kind of a double uh, loss for them in terms of just the production that they needed. So I think anytime uh, you know, books scoring 62 and then 44 and, and back-to-back losses, that's just – it's unacceptable. And it, it's really just – that's – like we're we're past that stuff now at this point. I think it's it's tough to see that um, offensive balance. I think is just kind of stagnating back to like the same issues they've had in the past. And and yeah, let's let's hear your uh, your, your question. Well, that's,
0: yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to ask about because I've seen some people, and and obviously it's going to be uh, revisionist history and mm-hmm. results based. You know, you want to <laughs> react to what you're seeing, but I think that there's some fans who are feeling like book doing this is not a detriment per se to the team or, or hurting them, but that it's, it's not allowing them to be their best.
1: Um, I, I mean, I get the, the sentiment, but when Booker's like doing it as efficient as he is, like that's the best shot on mm-hmm. the court. Uh, it can be like, just um, as someone that just played basketball, like sometimes there's, there's times where, if, if someone ever shot and you're not sure when you're going to get involved. So I'm sure Drant and Beal are feeling that to an extent. Uh, but at the same time, when, when he's doing it this efficient and commanding that much attention defensively and you're getting clean looks and, and missing them, like, you know, that Beal had some wide open shots, shots he normally makes that just didn't fall. And sometimes that happens and it seems like it always happens in the fourth quarter with this team, but uh yeah, I don't. I'm not going to say sit here and say like it's it's a negative that book is cooking. But I, I can see where people are coming from in terms of, yes, sometimes that can mess with the flow and the rhythm of of guys. And you can't just expect like unless sometimes Durant can because he's that good. And he's a cheat code, and you can always give him the ball whenever you have a chance. But uh, someone like Beal, like I don't, I don't know if he has that consistency where he can just, um, you know, yeah. go a couple quarters without really being a part of the offense and then just turn it up a notch just out of nowhere. But that's that's what they need out of him.
0: Yeah. But I think that's kind of the point, right? Like, that's the argument that I think you would make if you were to say that the way the offense has felt while Booker is going off like this might not be ideal, is that it? his ability to score like crazy one-on-one or just sort of creating advantages for himself and 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 getting buckets it kind of means that when someone else has to score they also end up having to do it that way right like the offense kind of takes the shape of whatever the best guys uh, uh, i don't even like style is but not big picture just in any given game right like you saw Palo downhill, get into the basket, getting fouled, and then it kind of felt like you feed off that. Whereas with the Suns, it's like, well, yeah, Booker's doing that, but when Beale is hampered and they don't have Nurkic and, you know, this magic this magic defense is swarming. I can see it. But look, I think at the end of the day, the way that I started the question is how I feel is just we wouldn't be saying that if they hadn't lost to the Pacers, if they hadn't lost. To this team right like no one was saying that after the pelicans game no one was saying that after katie did it back-to-back nights against indiana and chicago no one did it said it when booker did this in dallas so i don't think it has credence but i think that gets us into the the bigger takeaway that i had from this game overall which is related to that structure and that i don't think Booker's the problem but i still think there are problems so we'll dive into that next first Today's show brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die, a.k.a. your wonderful car, alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle, leveled up to peak performance, and keep it going. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, and more, whether you're into speed power or style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for at ebay motors and with ebay's guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and ring the home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers Today's show also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football, snacks, and placing some super bets. Uh, My family started doing Super Bowl squares last year for the first time, and it was kind of ruined by children. They were winning a bunch because they were just getting it right, and that kind of pissed me off, but that's a tradition, I guess, for us now. Uh, great food family you know it's like a holiday basically you see people sometimes only on Super Bowl Sunday it's all part of the deal and FanDuel is part of the deal as well so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58 but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown how many points might be scored and more so you can really Dive into the whole game, not just the result. New customers who join today, you'll get a $200, $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So find something with a big, big, big positive odds. Put $5 on that, and FanDuel's getting you, spotting you, 200 right off the bat. Again, fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Okay Brandon, let's keep it rolling here. What does this loss mean to you? How much uh how much are you allowing yourself to dive into the crisis we were all having when losses like this were the norm? It
1: doesn't mean a lot in terms of yes, it's just one loss and they've been hot like recently. Obviously the, the Pacers game stings still, but uh this one just kind of goes back to what I said earlier is like this is they have issues against certain teams that will become a problem that they can mask well uh, through that elite offense when they get hot enough, but it just makes that margin for error so thin that they have to be, they have to bring it offensively for four quarters if they're going to play this style. With with Nurkic also missing this game, I think it kind of speaks to when we first acquired him, obviously, like we, you see the track record, he's, he's missed a lot of games over the past few seasons. So, the fact he's been this healthy this season and they still struggled, uh, they've struggled with that position and with size at times is pretty concerning to me. So I think they, they definitely need to go out there and get another big that can, that can play. And uh, Eubanks just I'm um, like, you know, I was, I was high on the signing at first and I, I was very wrong about that. I think at this point, he's had some moments and flashes where he looks uh, like he could be a, a legit rotation player and then just disappears and uh, hurts the team more than he helps. for for long stretches. So to me, it just kind of confirms like some some of the concerns I've had in terms of the personnel, like changes need to be made. Like there's, I've been pretty consistent with that, even when they're on on their win streak, like this team is not a championship team, how they're built. Uh, That's my, I don't know if that's even a hot take at this point, but I felt the same way during the win streak when everyone was on cloud nine. And I will say that now it's, it's not changed for me at all. So it doesn't mean a lot uh, in the short term, but kind of just reaffirms everything that we've been talking about.
0: Yeah, the three, the big 3 have played 285 minutes together heading into tonight's game. So that probably got over 300 today. That's a big enough sample where I think again, I've said this multiple times throughout the past couple of weeks of we kind of know what the deal is with the team now. For a while we didn't even know that. Now we at least know what the the situation is what they need, what they don't need, what they're good at, what they're bad at. And I feel like I think that it's also fair to say then, if we all are in agreement that we can evaluate them at face value now, that the offense is not the problem, but it's also not consistent enough to win a championship. And if your team is going to be so geared toward that end of the floor, you have to be pretty much flawless, right? Like, even if you look at some of the numbers, right? Like, I I have it open right now. This is, again, heading into tonight. It doesn't include tonight. But Durant, Beal, and Booker on the court together, as I said, 285 minutes. But the defensive rating of that is 114.9. That would be the... 12th best defense in the NBA. So even when their best guys are on the court, they're a mediocre defense. So that means when you're healthy and playing your style of basketball, again, no Nurkic, I get it, but you have to be pretty much elite, no days off, no bad games, no slip-ups on the other end because you're not a balanced team, like you said. So... I don't know. I I don't want to make it like as if the offense is the problem because I know that can kind of sound ridiculous, but you can't afford nights like this where you put up 98 points if you're supposed to be one of the best offenses in the NBA.
1: Yeah, especially on a night where Booker was this hot. Like you'd expect them. It's one thing if it was just a slugfest or a shootout and like that Pacers game where it just. The, the pace was super high and it was just really intense throughout, but I, I just feel like there, there wasn't as much fight in this team tonight and the magic just wanted it more. So credit to them. I think they're, they've kind of shown that this entire year, they have that identity of like, they're going to try to go in there and kick your ass. And and if you don't match it, they're, they're going to run you out of the gym and, and play physical. And I think that's also part of the reason the Suns don't get the whistle. They should is they don't bring that same intensity level every night and create that reputation that, A lot of these teams do where, you know, you you start, you smack a guy like three times every possession, the refs eventually are going to start to let stuff go. And the Suns don't do that. They do it every, they're consistent when they do it. So they get called for it and or inconsistent when they do it. So they get called for it. Whereas these other teams, they can, they just get away with it because that's how they play every night. So I think defensively, that's one area where they can uh, use a little bit of a boost just in terms of playing physical because when they get those stops and push in transition, that's when they're the deadliest team, I think in the league in transition, whenever they can really uh, have those three stars creating advantages, like that's, that's something they need to truly lean into hundred percent. It doesn't matter who they're playing with. If it's uh, Utah, Watanabe and Drew Eubanks, like, I, I don't care. Like they, they need those, those three to be running the break every single time creating advantages. And mm-hmm. it's easier said than done uh, especially when you can't grab a rebound, but I digress.
0: So the to be more specific about what I'm saying with the fact that games like this make me feel like the offense is not consistent enough to, to win, right, again, right now, we're 46 games in. There are 36 to go. Let's hope there are no more prolonged absences. 36 games is a long time to feel a lot better about cohesion and chemistry and everything else. But two things I would point to that don't feel easily fixed. The fact that any team, even a good defensive team like Orlando, that verges on great on their best nights, all the respect in the world for the Magic's defense, but even that team would be allowed to hold you to 14 three-pointers attempted is something that you should never, it should never be that low. Your worst night, every team's going to have bad nights. Your worst night cannot be that bad. Like that is, that's like 1992 basketball that's just like before anyone realized that three points was more than two points you know like that that's just an absurdly low number and I just feel like exactly what you were saying that you noticed even during the win streak I've been good on I've been big on this no matter if the season has been going well or poorly the lack of structure on offense is just not going to cut it It's 2024. Teams are too good. Teams are too organized. Teams are too skilled. If you're telling me that I'm going to watch the Denver Nuggets offense execute you into submission and then the Suns are going to match that with what we just saw tonight, it's not going to happen. They're not going to win. It's just they're shooting themselves in the foot playing that way. And they have to figure out a way to build some kind of default basic sets, stuff they always go to, things they all know that they can execute well and go to that when they need a bucket because the hot potato stuff, it even if it works some nights, it's not consistent. It's not a winning strategy.
1: Yeah. They, they have all the flash, just no substance right now in terms of consist consistency of making those winning plays, doing the little things where they're going to need that from everyone, from Durant, from Booker, from Beal. It's not just the, the role players that have to do make those winning plays and sacrifices like You go back to those Suns teams that were just kind of Devin Booker and a bunch of players doing – excelling in their roles around him. They had that structure, but they didn't have the firepower. Now it just feels like they have the firepower, but they don't really have the the infrastructure around them to like really maximize them. So two words, trade deadline, 10 days away if you're listening tomorrow, Monday. But if you're listening tonight, it's 11 days away. I'm not, they don't have a lot of room to do anything crazy, but I think there's there's some moves they can, they can make to really shake the roster up in, in a positive way where, you know, you're going to get some, someone that's addresses some of these weaknesses. And hopefully that just snowballs into to more winning, like we saw in that win streak where I think they were making more of those winning plays. Like we're sitting here talking, like they've, overall, like if you zoom out, this has been a, a pretty successful stretch for them. Like obviously we're in the moment here and it's, it's a, it's a tough loss and fans will fan, but like, I think it's not like they need make, to make some huge like blockbuster. it's just making the right moves around the edges and just making sure everyone buys in completely on both ends and, and going yeah. from there. Because they, like you said, they can win games uh, playing the style they're playing, but it's, they really do have to get back to the basics and just get some uh, just some more fire. And like, it's just the fact that that waivers game to game, that's just continues to kind of be their Achilles heel this season.
0: Let's talk about what some of those marginal things are that decided this game. And I think I have a Phoenix Suns pre-take in me. We'll see. We'll dive into all of that next. First, today's show brought to you by Quiz. Q-U-I-I-I-Z. That's right. Quiz. Today, we're gonna have some fun and test your son's knowledge. Quiz, hold on, let me get it up. We have customized son's questions. And I think if you are fine with being put on the spot, Brandon, we might be able to uh, have you answer them. First up on the son's side of the quiz list, Brandon. Who holds the record for the most points scored in a single game for the Suns? Devin Armani Booker. So that's an easy one, but quiz with three Eyes i's, is the next generation trivia experience. It's also the world's first platform where you can earn money playing knowledge games. And for Locked on Suns fans, they've created an NBA quiz game where, again, you can test your knowledge and win real cash on your team. There's also big general NBA stuff. There's stuff for other teams. There's also general sports and all over the world of trivia. You can play without downloading anything against friends or other fans by going to app.quiz.com to start playing today. NBA Quiz is the ultimate knowledge challenge for fans that live and breathe basketball. Go to Quiz by visiting app.quiz.com to test your knowledge and win cash today. That's Quiz with three eyes, just like a three-pointer. Play now, showcase your skills, and take home cash prizes. App.quiz.com, where fans become champions. Closing out the show. All right. We talked about what, why the Suns lost, what it means. Let's dive into a little bit more of the specifics of how they lost this game, Brandon. And I feel like if we're going to do a box score oddity from this one, something in the stat sheet that jumps out to us, I think it has to be the turnovers. And in particular, Durant with seven. This was the first game in a long time that some of the... Hold on is him isolating going to be an issue? Panic started to go through my head a little bit, but again, he's been awesome this year. It has not been a problem. And Orlando is personnel wise, a very difficult team to deal with Suggs and some of these smaller guys, just get in your grill. Isaac had him in hell, but seven turnovers from Durant is, it's going to be hard to win a game where he's doing that.
1: Yeah, totally. And I'm not concerned about Durant at all. I think nights like this just happen and, Uh, like you said, you got to give some credit to Orlando. They, they, they really brought it on that end. I thought had an excellent game plan. And I think in sports in general, it's just like everyone just focuses on like what's wrong instead of like what, why it's happening. And I think the Magic definitely deserves some credit on that end for, for doing that. But at the same time, yes, if Durant's turning it over seven times and the Magic are getting 19 more shots than the Suns, like that's just a game you're most likely not going to win uh, just to put it simple, like plain and simple, but I do, they still had a shot. That's the thing is like, they, if it wasn't for yeah. a dreadful fourth quarter, like they were still uh, there's a couple of momentum swings where if a shot go- gets knocked down or, you know, a call goes their way that I think, I thought they could have uh, fought back, but then once it got out of hand, obviously that they just kind of snowballed. And uh, here we are just uh, dissecting a, another disappointing loss. But I, I think, yeah, Durant, I'm, I'm not super worried about that. But but yeah, it's uh, hopefully just an anomaly and we'll, we'll move past it quick.
0: Yeah, look, again, Orlando... The other thing about them is the part of why I feel like they made for such a bad opponent on a night like this for the Sun, setting aside the Nurkic stuff and everything, is they're deep. And Jamal Mosley is, is willing to ride his bench if they're working. Like, that's really... One of the biggest reasons the Magic have had this surprise season is their bench, whether that's Wagner or Ingles or Cole Anthony, and now tonight it was Isaac, like, they just come at you, and he'll play those guys more minutes than the starters, right? Like, Wendell Carter didn't play much, even though he had a good game, I thought. He didn't really play in the second half because Isaac was was playing so well and Wagner was playing so well, so you do that, and the Suns don't have a good bench, and it can just kind of multiply out like it did, but... Yeah, ugly, obviously, there. The other thing I would say from a box score standpoint, the Suns shot 56% from the field and lost. Like, I mean, you just said it. They had a chance late. That's why. They made their first shot on a lot of possessions, and obviously Book was a big part of that. Even KD was a big part of that. But it was the the second shot difference, the free throw misses, and uh, everything else. But anything else from the stat sheet that jumps out to you?
1: Not really. I mean, again, it just goes down to the fourth quarter disparity, 13 points, uh, just kind of falling off the rails and just looking like they had no interest. It's it's just, it's mind boggling. I I really can't explain it at this point. It's, it just feels like it's too consistently it's just happening too consistently for it to be ignored as far as we're, we're, we're way past the small sample size thing where it's like things will even out. It's, it's definitely just one of those things where I don't think there's any Simple solution at this point either. That's that's kind of the the more confusing part is like it's, like it's the same things over and over again. How can they change this with their personnel? Is it just a matchup thing? uh I know Vogel's working hard to experiment on different things, and a lot of it's just not working in terms of just the fourth quarter woes. So I, I don't know. We just gotta. I don't know if we need to light some candles and form a circle, or like what's what's gonna uh, change this. But it's it's definitely. Just kind of more of the same on that end. And just, like I said, just getting all shot, shot by uh, 19 points is is crazy, or 19 shots is crazy. So that's just got to cut down on the turnovers, play smarter basketball.
0: Yeah, my I, th- to get to the Sun- Phoenix Suns pre-take, which is where I guess what the popular opinion or take about the Suns is going to be in the coming days. And, you know, they have a game right away again tomorrow night the the heat have been bad lately. The Rogier thing is still getting worked out, but I just think that there's going to be a conversation if they're not able to really make a substantial move at the deadline of they're going to be used as the, picture, the the poster children, the 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 face of you know, the second apron and this is why nobody tried the super team thing after the past, you know, few times it didn't work and blah blah blah. I think if especially their roster just keeps feeling this way, where anytime the best five guys aren't on the court, it's, it's a danger zone, those storylines are going to start to come up. Forget the Beal trade and the Durant trade stuff. That's just nonsense. But people are going to say, you can't build a roster this way. And this is, you know, Matt Ishbia was too all in and, and this and that. And Suns fans should just be ready for it.
1: Yeah. That stuff already started to happen too. Like during the, the really dark days where things were not going well and Beal's back looked like it was, you know, just completely in the gutter. Uh, those takes were already starting to pour out So yeah, if they Anytime I think they start to trend in that direction again, those, those tweets are in the drafts that those shows uh, show notes are, will come back from old files and on ESPN and first take and whatever, and they'll, they'll bring them back out. So I'd, to me, it's like, yeah, I don't really care about any of that. Like, I know you don't either in terms of like what the talking points are, but I think there is some some merit in terms of like whenever they are struggling, it's going to be the default. Like this, it, it doesn't work. And then all of a sudden Suns fans are going to kind of question it. Like, are they right? Like, I I don't know if it's, uh, I would still do that. Like every trade they've made 10 times over again, but at the same time, there's there's definitely pretty obvious and glaring weaknesses that they uh, which is where I wish the discourse went these days, but that doesn't get clicks. So we already know how that's going to go. It's going to, you know, is it time to blow it up? Is, is Durant unhappy? Like all, all that stuff will come flying out again if they can't figure it out on this road trip.
0: Absolutely. And and it is a, a bad, you know, it's a bad way to start a, a seven game road trip yeah. too, for sure, to your point. But I think like I, the reason I bring it up again now, because you're right, it's, it's, it's not ever really gone away, but it's just the now there is no longer going to be a well wait until moment cuz the deadline is i guess the buyout market will you know we'll see but really it's like teams figure themselves out they make trades if they can and that is what they are and if the suns like completely strike out or they get a really really incremental piece or something like that it's just going to sort of smack people in the face i think again of hold on, that's all they That's all they were able to get, you know, and they're fifth in the West. It's like, we all know that that's all they can get, but once it is sitting there on a recap article of the deadline in, in a week or two, people will uh, chime back in yes. again. But, Sun, agreed, Suns fans you know, need it to, is
1: what it is. Suns fans need to temper their expectations for the trade deadline. I'll tell you From that right me, now. Yeah. Like I posted something about Royce O'Neal, who I think would be an awesome fit, especially given their, their assets or lack thereof, and there's a lot of negativity towards that in terms of that's just like one example. It's like, okay, you list me as someone better than Royce O'Neal. They're going to go out and get with what they have. Like I, I'm, I'd be thrilled. Exactly. Like I hope they do. Obviously, I hope I'm wrong, but that's the, those are the types of players that are, they're they're going to be targeting and just be prepared for that. Like that's and if they do better, then obviously jump for joy and uh, praise J- James Jones and Matt Ishbia and whoever's running, pulling the strings back there. But I. Yeah, at this point, I just don't. I think disappointment will will come most likely in terms of just some of the expectations I've seen, and that's just my personal bubble. So that could be different. I think a lot of Suns fans probably kind of know, but, uh, sure. but yeah. Hopefully that there's some reinforcements. Nothing crazy though.
0: Well, time will tell. We will hear more rumors, but that will wrap us up for today's show. Tune back in Monday for. A recap of Suns Heat. I will try to get a preview show up if possible. Basically going to be doing those when the game's it, right? So I did one for the Dallas game. Didn't do one today, weekend. Nobody's going to listen. So I will try to give you a heads up when they're coming. Follow on Twitter. Follow on the feed, obviously. You'll see those. But then, of course, a regular recap as always as well. So hit follow subscribe. Get all that and more every single day. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow night.